0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One of the big
1: stories, obviously, in the NFL this weekend was the signing of Deion Sanders by the Dallas Cowboys. Rick Lozano joins us from our newsroom live right now. Thirteen million dollar signing bonus, five years, thirty-five million dollars. Rick, tell us about it.
0: Huge, huge deal, especially for a part-time player. And I got to tell you, I don't know why they call it the Lone Star State, uh, but uh, in Dallas, well, there are enough stars on the Cowboys team alone to fill an entire galaxy. Believe it or not, it could have been better. So when you guys say, "Is he worth it?" or "That's too much money," it could have been greater. But I truly wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy. And he'll get his wish, thanks to the man who dug deep into his pockets. I don't ever want Deion Sanders to touch a football, but what he's got a Dallas Cowboy star or something on his helmet when he, when he does. it. The only thing else I can say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed?
2: All right, John and I on our way to Indy to stalk the Cowboy bus. Outside of St. Elmo, we'll report back on that next week at the NFL Combine. We'll do a little preview here, though, of that action, as well as talk some free agency. Welcome in to About Them Cowboys here. It's the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Ken behind the scenes and welcoming in three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got Sod from the Athletic. We've got John Mishota from the Athletic and from the Freak. Your host, introducing Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT.
3: Hello, Kent. Um, I hope everyone's doing well out there. I'm fighting a little bit of a bug, so pardon my voice. The laryngitis. It's one of those things that sounds worse than it really is. I just have swollen vocal cords because I talk too much. Um, A lot of things to get to here. The uh, the uh, franchise tag window has opened. And we will see if the Cowboys take that tag and slap it on the back of one of their players. We'll get you ready uh, for the combine a little bit as that's coming up. Always fun when John gets on the Jerry Jones bus and can find out some stuff. Also some free agent shopping list and predictions and things like that. I know I've got a few names out there that have at least caught my attention over the last week or so. Let's start out with what the Cowboys might do with that franchise tag. How that involves Ezekiel Elliott because I think that is a, a little bit into play at least at the running back position. Would you say, John, that you're probably leaning towards them? Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about Tony Pollard. Uh, what would it be like? He'll be ready to go by the beginning of the season, right? Or is that?
4: Yeah, is that- yeah. This isn't a knee injury or anything like that. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd expect him to be back sometime during training camp. I don't think that he's going to be out and, and miss time in the season or anything like that. No.
3: So, if well, I don't know if I, I should ask this in, in terms of if what you would do or what you think they would do. Uh, does it look like Tony Pollard would get the franchise tag? Do you think that would be their most likely use of the tag?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and that makes the most sense. Ten point one million dollars for uh, probably your number two biggest playmaker last year on a team that was didn't have enough playmakers. I don't understand how you could move on from Tony Pollard at that. I don't even think that that's that expensive. So. Yeah, $10.1 million for a one year deal to keep Tony Pollard around for another year. Um, that sounds great to me. Uh, and I think that it will sound great to them as well. Where myself and the Cowboys probably differ, and when I say the Cowboys, I mean mainly, you know, Jerry, Steven, I guess, and Mike McCarthy, is they probably see a little bit more value in Ezekiel Elliott than maybe we do. Uh, maybe it's the behind-the-scenes stuff, the leadership, things like that in the locker room that we're not really seeing. We're seeing more of what happens on Sundays. And on Sundays, he just is not playing like a player that's worth investing very much money in at a position that, frankly, just aren't – running backs just aren't making much money. And and the fact, like, if you look at Zeke's contract, it's crazy to think, like, he's got four years left on this deal. Yeah. Um, now they have a way to get out of it, obviously, this offseason. season. Um, this is the, you know, this is the first year where they have a potential out. I mean, I, I don't know. I just sit there and I don't know. I, I, when I get to the combine next week, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear where they're on, on this. And if they've changed their, their line of thinking, I just don't think many people would sit there and say like that have followed the Cowboys over these last couple of years that if they moved down from Ezekiel Elliott, like you'd be sitting there like, I don't know how they're going to replace that production.
1: Yeah. I also don't think that you pay that much money for leadership guys. I think, you know, I remember a few years ago when they brought in like Alfred Morris and like, that's fine. Like, you know, when you're doing it at that kind of a tag and it's that kind of a player, um, it's, it's fine. He's a veteran guy who is really well respected in the locker room, but, um, you definitely don't go with Ezekiel Elliott contract. And it's honestly, it's, it's mind boggling to be honest with, uh, with the amount of term that's left on that. I didn't even realize there's still four years left on it just because, it feels like that contract was so long ago, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you don't pay that much for leadership or whatever, just because when the production doesn't match it. So I think you definitely ride with Tony Pollard on that.
3: Yeah. I think there's something about it too, is like, okay, Zeke understands all these things that the Cowboys have used for all these years, (laughs) the value of being a Cowboy and all that stuff. Zeke might understand that more than anyone. Zeke might've understood that more than, uh, well, I mean, Jalen Smith is kind of very similar when he got his extension as well. But Zeke understands all that stuff. I remember um, we had on the on the radio show I'm on on The Freak in the mornings, Dave Hellman called in and he is just telling a, a story. Uh, oh, yeah. Dave Hellman. Uh, you I remember know, him.
2: Uh,
3: yeah. I yeah. Yeah, love spending all his time, uh, all his time on a yacht in L.A. now. Um, yeah. Although I, I believe he's coming home for a while. it will be good to see Dave. Uh, Golden silverware. Yeah, formerly of DallasCowboys.com. For those that don't know, Dave Hellman now on Fox Sports 1 and writes for Fox. But he was talking about, um, before he left working for the Cowboys, he was talking to Zeke. It was a quick interaction, but basically the point was like, uh, well, if I'm around here next year, we'll see you next year. And Zeke said something like, shoot, I hope I'm here next year too. Like, Zeke. Probably wants to be here, I guess, until you're asked to take a pay cut down to a certain number. But the problem with Zeke is I don't know that there's a team out there who's going to give him anything like that. The Cowboys are probably probably should uh, ask him to take a huge pay cut. And then he's probably not going to like that number that they throw out there. And then I don't know where it goes, but you can't pay him like much because his numbers I, just don't add yeah. up there, man.
4: Real quick on that, um, serious question. I'm not being sarcastic like I normally am, maybe a little bit, but um <laughs> who's the last player that you guys remember that was just like, Man, get me out of Dallas. Yeah. With the Cowboys. I'm not talking about with the Stars or with the Mavericks or with the Rangers, with the Dallas Cowboys. Who's the last player that you can remember that was just like, Yeah, man, I appreciate everything here in Dallas, but I'm just I'm ready to go. Last player I remember, Jason Hatcher.
3: Mm. Uh, it was the last maybe, player I remember maybe.
4: sitting
2: at his locker and was like I'm out. Peace, and he went to Washington.
3: Maybe Cool Beasley. Uh, now,
4: there's a little bit more to that story. He was going to get paid a lot more money by Washington. If if Del was going to pay him anything close, there's no way Jason Hatcher was going well, so to be. That's just last go, time I so remember somebody leaving that was like. I'm talking I'm out. about like if 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 things aren't aren't Maybe even Cole if that, Like, yeah. Again, so yes, so I'm I'm sitting here thinking like. Nobody that's really just, you know, the whole, the whole thing will just fall apart. You know, like, yeah, there's just not many people that are trying to get out of here. And I'm pretty sure Jason Hatcher, I'm pretty sure Jason Hatcher doesn't live in D.C. I'm pretty sure he lives around here. Could be probably they all do not many people. That's what I'm saying. There's just not many people that I've come across. Like, you know, it kind of stood out to me a little bit when I first moved down here coming from Detroit. Hey, Detroit, you hear about that stuff a lot. Player, hey, I want to get here, whatever. You think Amari's living in Cleveland? Twelve years covering the Cowboys. I don't know too many guys. I because I can't think of one that's ever I've heard say like, man, I just I need to get out of here. I, I just what, most people like living here.
3: Yeah, so I think it's a good point. I had this <laughs> I had this conversation with um we had a new uh, our boss's bosses got boss's boss got a new boss at my my real job my day job uh um and he is a guy who's a New York guy tried and true but he had spent most of his last decade or so in Detroit. So doing like, you know, sports radio in Detroit and all that stuff. And he was kind of like, you guys need to start going after people, you know, start ripping people. I'm like, eh, we don't really do that here much because, you know, it's like, it's just not how, like, it's not how things really go around here. And it's it's um because people are happy here. <laughs> people that live here are mostly happy. Now, they're upset that the Cowboys haven't made it to a championship game in 30 years. Now, people are bummed about that. It's, that's even turned into less of being mad and turned into more of just feeling like you're getting kicked in the nuts a lot. Um, so it's kind of strange. You're People love living here. Right? It's, even in the hot summers that we can complain about all we want and things like that, there's an overall happiness and not a gloom and doom about, I don't know if it's Texas in general, but living in North Texas. Um, so, you know, Zika. I feel like Zeke wants to be here and will stay, and I don't think there's many teams out there going to offer Zeke. Like, it, Let's say the Cowboys went down and said, look, we need you to take legitimately, we need to get you down to $2 million. And he's like, damn, okay, that's a big pay cut. I mean, look at that, $2 million. Well, who comes in? I'm throwing out a random team. The Carolina Panthers are like, well, here, we'll give you four. Wouldn't you just stay here in Dallas for two, then go to Carolina for four? Or another...
4: I mean, yeah, but I also teamed, like I've told Side. You know, I would have taken $35, thirty five, thirty six million on Dax deal and not held out to, to go to forty. I just knowing I'm getting all these commercials and everything like that, like I it would not be a sticking point with me. I'd be like, Cool, you guys, whatever. You guys won the deal. Cool, I could be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for four more years and you're gonna pay me thirty five million dollars a year. The difference between thirty five and forty isn't a big deal to me, so It's it's hard to sit there and say that because everybody's different, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a respect
4: factor and things like that. Yeah, that's what I was
1: gonna say. That that, that's exactly what I was gonna say. For a lot of these guys, it comes down to respect. um, And you know, it it takes a special kind of ego and whatever you want to say about Dak. Like, I I do think there is some ego there, and so I think it's more about you know if this guy's getting paid this much, then then I'm gonna get paid as well. So
3: the most important thing John said is that. Steve and Jerry and Mike McCarthy probably value Zeke more than we do on this podcast. I there's a difference. I, I, I.
2: I think I think there's a, I think there's value. I think Zeke sees value in the Cowboys and his marketing stuff. He's got a bunch of branding deals in Dallas with like T-shirt companies and he does exclusives. I mean, he's got a he's got a lot of stuff off the field that he does around here. I don't think he would leave Dallas unless he's Another team is like, you're the guy, Zeke. You're a number one guy. And I don't see another team doing that.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, what And then, like, what are we talking about? Do You start asking, well, can you guys still get me 10 carries a game? Can you still get me eight carries a, a game? I don't think you're going to see the Cowboys run the ball as much next year. I think you will see more throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, just going off Mike McCarthy's previous trends, maybe he's moved on from that. Um, but I – he I, I mean, was one of the the last in the league in running percentage you know, in his last few years in Green Bay. And even, even really during that, um, it was funny, the Super Bowl, the Green Bay and Pittsburgh Super Bowl game was on last week, as it is every year on the NFL Network. And there's just a, a sequence of plays where Troy Aitman goes, man, Mike McCarthy has gone away from the running game here. That's just not something you expect out of a Mike McCarthy team. Now, that's in 2011, right? Or the 2010 season. But over as time went on, you kind of see him kind of, yeah, they kind of move away from running the ball. A lot of that might have to do with having Aaron Rodgers.
4: I mean, I think it 100% does. I don't think there's any might there.
3: Yeah. I don't think that you're going to sit there.
4: I don't think that – I think the numbers would have went up if, if Green Bay's running back from 2010 to tw- till now was Barry Sanders. I think those numbers would – I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do.
3: And it's a, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Mike – you know, what his whole plan is because it – I never really knew him as like a run the ball guy, uh, but the way Troy was talking about him in 2010, I had to take my mind back 13 years ago. <laughs> Where's he got? Like even when he got the head coaching job, was he trying? He's always kind of a quarterback passing game oriented guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now Tony Pollard's got to be healthy. You can't take. Him. I mean, if if you franchise, him, mean, there's something where he were to have a, it's way different. But a Michael Gallup type, you know, year. Like, oh, what a waste! But man, franchise tagging your running back or your tight end, although not this year for the Cowboys. It's so advantageous. Look at the linebacker positions; like a twenty dollar, uh, twenty million dollar franchise tag, and Cowboys could probably use another linebacker. I mean, you would like for Jabril Cox to step up and just count on Demone Clark and all that. But you know, it looks like they're a team might need to bring back Leighton Vander or bring in someone else, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. That running back ten million dollar tag for the second or first most explosive player on your offense is kind of a no brainer to put it on Tony Pollard, right?
4: Yeah, I don't think it's up for, up for debate at all, to be honest with you. I, I I think it's pretty cut and dry that if you're giving the tag to anybody, it's him.
3: I also
1: don't, I, I'm also not really concerned about him coming back from this injury. It's not one of those injuries that I think is going to hamper him too much and his age and his usage up to this point. Like a lot of times we get, we talk about age and, and how far they're into it, like into their NFL careers. But I think a lot also has to do just with mileage and he just doesn't have a whole lot of mileage yet.
3: Yeah, so I don't know. And Malik Davis could step up and be the two if you needed him to be, if you wanted Zeke to walk. I don't know that the Cowboys, like John was saying, want them, want him to walk, but we'll be interested to see. Those are going to be tough conversations.
1: Yeah, and I think you Is draft he... a guy.
3: Yeah, and then draft – absolutely. Well, you have, to, absolutely. you have
4: to because, I mean, if you're only going on a franchise tag with Tony Pollard, I mean, you're looking at being in the same spot next year, and maybe you don't want to pay Tony Pollard or give him a second tag. So you want to try and develop some younger guy. If they – they decide to move on from Zeke. They'll be drafting a running back within the first few rounds.
3: Good deep running back class too. I mean, I think ten to twelve, like really guys who could. I this mean, it's like that almost every year, but it's a, it's pretty deep this year running back. So that's that's a little interesting.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover.
3: let's uh let's go ahead and bounce ahead to some combine stuff before we start diving into some free agency you know shopping list and and bold predictions and things like that um the cowboys obviously i mean it's weird the order of operations of the off season it's kind of perfect by the nfl because it creates intrigue and mystery it's not great for building your team like it would be nice if you could draft before you'd franchise tag someone <laughs> it would be nice if you could do free agency before you franchise tag someone and you could kind of get right. But I like that the NFL does it this way because the mystery is great. It makes it a lot of fun. The Cowboys, we've seen them operate in a certain kind of way. They operate in a way of, I'll try to with cheap people in free agency, get to a point where I'm not pigeonholed and have to take a guy in the draft. I don't see that changing. I don't see the way they do things. Well, no, changing. it's not
4: going to change because, okay, everything you said is advantageous to the teams. Everything you said is bad for the players. If yeah. players were sitting there, and they didn't have free agency before the draft. This is a league that will just continue to go young. It would hurt the overall number that a lot of these veterans get. They're getting paid yeah. a lot more because teams feel like, hey, we got, to, we can't go, we can't wait for the draft for this. We're gonna have to fill a couple needs here, so players get better contracts because of that. And you do the franchise tag then, because you sat there and you waited till after the draft. You know, you leave a guy like kind of hanging there. He has nobody. I mean, in a way, it's kind of what happened with Andy Dalton. I mean, he sat there and. and They, they, the Bengals take (laughs) Joe Burrow and it's like, all right, Andy, we're good. Thanks. And it's like, then they make him available right after, you know, after the draft's over, that's way past free agency. And so now all of a sudden he's looking for, all right, well, I'll I'll play, I'm going to play a year in Dallas. I'm not signing anything longer term with anybody. This is not a great spot for me here. So I don't see the players association ever agreeing to, to change that up. I think they, they want it to be this way because teams would just keep going younger at at certain positions and and being like, yeah, well, worry. we don't need to sign. We don't need to sign a free agent there. We we were able to get this guy in the third round or something like that. Whereas now, you know, and by the way, speaking of free agency, man, I know we've mentioned on previous shows, but the more I look at it, like the more anybody thinks that the Eagles are just running it back, go take a look at like, you know, the Cowboys have a high number of like 18, 19 un- unrestricted free agents. There's a lot of them. When I go down the list in the Cowboys list, I'm like. Outside of maybe three or four, they're pretty easy decisions for me. When I say that, I know we'll get into this. But, you know, like it's pretty easy on, on like, a, like a, a Carlos Watkins or a Hankins because I know that other teams aren't going to be offering them a ton of money either. You know, uh, there's certain like so when you get into some of the oh, like a Dalton Schultz, OK, someone's going to pay him a lot. OK, we're not paying him a lot. Bye. You know, like it just it, it, there's a lot of easy decisions. You look at what the Eagles got on their hands. I mean, it's like one key player from this Super Bowl run after another, and you have to pay Jalen Hurts, and you lost your offensive defensive coordinator. Man, I'm going to tell you is right now, that idea that all of a sudden that this run of nobody winning the NFC East and back to back years is about to come to an end—I don't know about all that, man. They got a lot of work to do in Philadelphia. That that them losing that game, it it, it's, it stings for them for sure because there's this isn't going to be just oh well they'll just run it back. Like look at how many free agents they have. I mean, it's important pieces, man.
3: Uh, well, I'm pulling that up now that you said that, because I haven't really thought too much about the Eagles.
4: Oh, man, it's then. like Miles Sanders. It's Hargrave. Okay. It's Fletcher Cox. It's James Bradbury. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Brandon Graham. Yeah, um, it's uh, uh, they got an offensive lineman or two that are on there, too.
3: I, I don't consider safety a huge area of need for the Cowboys at this point. Um, no. But, man, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is quite a dog. It's a fun he guy is. to have on your team. My Absolutely. goodness. Their, their defense kind of changed once they got him, or at least it felt like it did a little bit. Probably um, had did the we... most
1: underrated playing the Super Bowl, too.
3: No, absolutely. Do, do we play the game? Do we go through all the Cowboys free agents and, and, and kind of do it? We did that, right? Kind of yeah.
1: did,
3: yeah. yeah. But we kind of running together now as we get to the offseason and, and take a little break on things. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you want to go ahead and just do some free agents uh, kind of chopping list? Any names sure. you'd like to throw out there? Uh, I know I've, I've got a few names. Um That I've thought about. I was looking at
4: uh, possible free agents, and, and, you know, I factor in having covered the Cowboys for 12 years. I know that they're not going to make some crazy leap to go get Javon Hargrave, you know, Uh, who could obviously be franchise tagged by the Eagles. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not going to make some big leap and all of a sudden go get Deron Payne. So I don't spend a lot of time wasting my breath, and I'll waste tons of breath on that when that move happens. Boy, we can do poll podcasts. I'll write 2,000 words. We'll do all that. It just It's not going to happen. So are the realistic guys, to be honest with you, when I, looked, when I look at the list, almost all of mine are wide receivers. So yeah. I can run off. I got about four or five wide receivers here. I can run off the names and get your guys' take on them if you want to do that real quick.
3: No, I, absolutely.
4: Yeah. All right. I'm going to save the most likely for last. Okay. One that intrigues me the most, but might be out of their, their price range is DJ Chark. Six, four over 200 pounds, good size played for on a one year deal with the, with the lions last year, bunch of injuries. Didn't really play as well as maybe that they were hoping he's back out in free agency. I love that. He's only 26. I like the idea of a bigger body guy. Cause I'm looking for an outside wide receiver. They want CD to play in the slot. That's why when I look at this draft class, I don't know that there is a like those guys really in this draft class, even if any of them do fall to 26, they don't really fit that mold. It's a lot of guys that are kind of similar to CD size wise and how you'd probably want to like a Jackson Smith, a jig, but probably want to use him in the slot. I don't know how much that really fits your number one receiving number one playmaker on offense. who also got just a crazy back tattoo. But anyway, uh, recently. But anyway, um, Jarvis Landry.
3: Well, I don't know. I mean,
1: so real quick on DJ Chark, like I, I like DJ Chark. I just don't know if that's the type of receiver that Dak kind of works with. It it reminds me a lot of like Des Bryant type stuff. And I know Des Bryant was at the kind of more at the end of the road when he got Dak. But, um, but it seems like, it seems like he needs more of those like skilled route runner. um, And it doesn't seem like he has that. Touch or trust or whatever you want to call it with the big body receivers. So that would be my only reservation with Chark.
4: So I always have wondered too with him, though. But what about the smaller guys that go downfield? Like, there's a part of me that thinks, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. If there was remember how many uh, training camps where it was like, no, no, no. This is going to be when when <laughs> Cole Beasley's used as a deep threat. I mean, yeah. Never, never materialized. Obviously, coming out of training camp, we thought Cavante Turpin would be used a lot more in the offense. I don't know that he like loves those guys either. So, I guess yeah. you gotta find something in the middle that's maybe more you know six one six two. I just like the idea of having that bigger body, a guy especially in the red zone that they just really haven't had since des where you can throw some fade balls too and I know Michael Gallup does that a little bit, but he wasn't doing it a ton this past year um but yeah, and then uh yeah jarvis landry he's he's thirty but you know five eleven a little under two hundred pounds somewhere in that in that neighborhood
1: yeah i like I like jarvis landry i think I think it with Jarvis landry i like him as a, as a fit on the field, but I do think it's going to come down to whatever the market is and the money. Like I wouldn't break the bank for Jarvis Landry.
3: Yeah. I, I just, I think I'm done with Jarvis Landry. Um, I think it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, it's like, he's been in a weird situation offensively for the last couple of years, but I just, I feel like what's that different than just trying to get T Y Hilton to come back I they're <laughs> different body types and things like that too, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm. I have Jarvis Landry in my. You know he's cooked. Uh, books where I have Sammy Watkins, right? These guys that are cooked. I don't know that I want someone that's cooked.
4: All right, we'll hey. go a little bit younger. Juju Smith Schuster, 26. <laughs> he's six one, over 200 pounds. Makes a mean tick tock.
1: <laughs> Got his career yeah, revived by Patrick Mahomes. That's,
2: that's kind of a negative, though. I've heard he's kind of a beating.
3: There's just nothing special about Juju. Yeah. Now now I get it. I can I kind of coming off sounding like we've got this uh awesome wide receiver core that's ready to go. Yeah, we're really looking for say, somebody you know, that's I, capable I, to
4: be a number two. Like that has you know, and then if Michael Gell bounces back and he plays like the number two that we think he is, then hey, then maybe you have yeah. two number twos and number one and you go, Great, that's that's a great problem to have. So I'm looking at those more so than than, you know, obviously again. I would love to write all the words. I would love to talk all of the Uh, words if they went and traded for Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't – I don't necessarily see the team doing that. So that's why I'm giving out names that are a little bit more on the more realistic
3: side. No, no, I like that. Um, I'll just say that he didn't make my list. So that's probably why I I said boo. (laughs) Also, what's the number on Juju? Yeah, that's true. I mean, we start talking – How much, knowing how much they've already poured into Gallup as your number two, like they're not going to go north of that. We're talking 10 or less, probably. We're talking probably short term deal. $8 million for Juju? He signed last year. Let me see. I'll pull this up right here.
4: I'm personally not that interested. I'm just throwing his name out there because he was one of them there.
3: This is name season. This is good. Um. let's see oh last year he signed for a good solid one million dollars would you believe that I would that is really nice at one million dollars
4: I think he I would like be attracted I think he would be attracted to the star as well
3: there is no doubt there is no doubt okay yeah sad they got through it well you talked me into would, it that, yeah that time. I think
1: I would do I think it, it'd kind of fit in with the whole culture and everything as well. So I think,
3: I think
4: it would work. I mean, if you're going to be the Kardashians of the NFL, I mean, go all in. There you go. Go
1: all in. Exactly.
3: (laughs) I'm underestimating the 78 catches he had last year. I guess that might've got just kind of washed away because it wasn't exciting. And a lot of his stuff is not exciting anymore outside of how kind of funny he is. (laughs) Like it's, and he's very get to your spot, find the open hole in the zone. Like he's not torching guys one on one or anything, or getting a ton of separation. But oh, if he's, he's cheaper than I mean, seventy eight catches, nine hundred thirty three yards. He didn't get hurt this year. Yeah, way more, he had way more production than I thought he did.
4: Right, which might drive his number up higher than what maybe they're willing to pay. But he's yeah. He's certainly one of those guys that's higher in the list. Oh, uh, I'm writing
3: that down now. That's a good name, John. He was
4: out there a lot. Only guy out there more was Robert Woods. What about?
2: Oh,
3: well, yeah, he's Robert on there Woods. too. Is yep. that on John's list?
4: He is 30. I don't know if that interests you or not, but yes, he is on the list.
3: I'm happy. I would love to have Robert Woods uh, after yeah, it doesn't cost uh, you much. after he's got that one year back from injury. Like let him have that year in Tennessee. I mean, the whole world knew his numbers were going to go down in Tennessee. Come to Papa, no one's going to go give him twelve million dollars. You can get him at five, one year, five million. Robert Woods. Okay,
4: I don't, I don't Let's hate go. that either. Depending on what your other options are, I don't hate that either. I thought, I thought I was going to really. I, I just felt like that almost every draft class that there's a few wide receivers that might fall to the twenties that I like, and I'm not like in love with this receiver class. Like there's obviously some good receivers, but. If you factor in where the Cowboys are now, what they need right away, uh, and with the fits with what they do, I, and also picking at 26, I just I don't look at 26 and be like, oh, that's where they fill the hole. Like, no, that's yeah. definitely not a guarantee that that happens. I mean, I see some I'm, of these okay. mock drafts at that TCU kid's going, like the first receiver out of the group. I mean, he's got great size. The dude drops a ton of balls though, too. I mean, if if you're the Cowboys, you're looking for somebody that comes in right away. You're not looking for a Jalen Tolbert that you're like, no, 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 in two or three years, he might be the guy. No, you need somebody that comes in right now. You know, go.
3: I'm I'm very interested in cornerback in the first round. Absolutely. It's easy to say now. See what I happens in. And, and, and there I'm, should be
4: good value at twenty six at corner.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm far more interested in that than I am. This could be like the Byron Jones type year. You get a guy that Absolutely. maybe you like that falls back to you.
4: And there could be three or four guys there, and it could be like the Travis Frederick year where you like three or four of them, and you move back two or three spots, um, yeah. and, and gain an extra, maybe a third or fourth uh, for that, and you still get the guy that you liked a lot because one guy might not be, you know, as high on other teams' boards. But I completely agree with you. If I was saying today, what's your odds-on favorite for what their pick will be if they stay at twenty-six? It would be cornerback. Um, this one's for you, KT. All um, right, Ellen Lazard.
3: Nope.
4: <laughs> well, hold on. Let's think about it. Nope.
3: <laughs> okay, look, this is just one of my many football rules. Um, like don't pay a running back, things like that. Okay, or don't give up running back a second contract, things like that. Never give a wide receiver a raise whose best trait is blocking. Dude, he does not get separation, a lot of drops. Yes, he can go get a good 50-50 ball here and there. He does not get separation at all, which was the knock on him. There's a reason he was drafted in the sixth round out of Iowa State. Um, no, you don't go that route. That's just God. me.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go. I, to, for me, there's too much uh, elite quarterback play attached to Alan Lazard for me to feel super comfortable with what he can bring to a Dak Prescott. I, I just don't think that fit is there too much. Um, And last but not least. You already got a,
3: already got a big guy on the outside who can't get open. <laughs> no offense. like It's just what it is right now. And hopefully that's different next year. But you already have that.
4: Sorry, La- Gallup. I oh, uh, last one is Odell Beckham Jr.
3: Oh, he, okay. Most likely at the end, he said.
4: He, uh... He's made over 80 million in his career. I I don't know if there'd be anybody that would love playing for the Cowboys and the brand and willing to take a little bit less than Odell Beckham, maybe for several of the same Juju Smith Schuster reasons that they would love the spotlight. And I just think that Jerry might be able to talk him into taking maybe a little bit less than he would take from somebody else. Coming off the knee injury, he's 30. Maybe get another, maybe get a year out of him, you know, give him a two year deal or something like that. That to me is probably the most intriguing of the free agent route.
3: Yeah, and that's probably what Jerry's most intrigued with, I would imagine, too, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, no question.
1: I, I think Jerry would love that. I think with with Odell, like, um, man, with with how much, how, how much, how long ago it was that he was actually playing football, and the age factor, and for me, like, that whole courtship really soured me on him a little bit. Not gonna lie like the way that he was just kind of taking all that in knowing that he wasn't even going to play that season, um, uh, last season. Like, I don't know, like it, it just, I, I understand having some diva, but like, you know, we always talk about that, that scale, that ratio. And for me, I think at this point in his career, I think the diva probably supersedes the talent at this point.
4: Well, I'm sure it probably does too. I just think it's probably the most likely because yeah. Jerry's infatuated. I mean, I think what you said, sad, uh, there's probably a lot of people within the building that probably felt that way when all that was going on. But Jerry's interested and Jerry's intrigued. And Jerry was asked at the senior bowl about Odell. And he said, the door is very much still open. So what Jerry wants, then, you know, that's, that's a lot different than a bunch of the scouts really liking a guy and banging on the door. If Jerry likes him, man, and, and you get him and Odell together and, you know, they both are, uh, just infatuated with the idea him him from the player standpoint of, of playing for the Cowboys and Jerry from the you know the name standpoint of everyone knowing who Odell Beckham is and the fact that he is just or at least was such a weapon. Who knows? We'll see. Um I would think they would want to work him out before they but all the stuff like you said, saw so with him being a couple years removed, him being thirty and all that, I also think that makes it more realistic because that would likely drive the price tag down. you know, Because if this is Odell Beckham coming right off of he's healthy, he's coming off of winning Super Bowl MVP for the Rams, like he never gets hurt in that game, they win, he's MVP. I mean, his price tag's out of their price range. I mean, you just don't even, it's not even a consideration. But this is the only reason that it's a consideration. And because you need a number two, but even if he has fallen off to where he used to be a number one, and and, and you're thinking you're getting a two, and he's just a three, if you're not paying him significantly, I could see the Cowboys still being interested in that.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I, I also almost think, like, you might, you need to have another body, and then you will. You'll draft someone, probably, or have someone in free agency as well. Well, I mean, I know he didn't
4: do anything last year, but I would expect they get something out of Jalen Tolbert in year two. A third-round receiver. Yeah, right. For them you to get absolutely <laughs> nothing. I would think that he, you know, a full year in the building, I would think he gives them something, even if it is to be their number four. Um and to be honest with you, after the Jalen Tolbert experiment, like I don't know, are you guys on the same page I am? I'm, I'm sitting there doing mock drafts, and I'm being like, I'm seeing a receiver in the second or third, and I'm just kind of like, how does that really help anything right now, you know?
3: Definitely going to make you nervous for a couple years until you hit on another guy that changes your mind. I forgot about Jalen Tolbert, dude. That's bad. That is bad. You know, you guys want to hear a joke? Yes. Remember that time when Kamonte Turpin was going to catch a lot of balls in this offense?
4: I, that, I think that's how, that that's – I'm telling you, he's the new Cole Beasley. Like I said, there will be stories in training camp talking about how he's going to be more u- utilized in this offense. They I'm never put you, him out there. Away.
2: It's not like he so got wild. opportunities and failed. They just never used him on offense.
1: Also, I can't – I always can't Except wait there for – a sweep. Yeah, I, I always also can't wait for who the uh, – what I dubbed the Lance Lenore of training camp is going to be because there's always one receiver that comes out of training camp and you're like, oh my God, this is – See, we just found this gem and then he does nothing. And it's like every year there's one person. And I, I, I use Lance Lenore as the case study for that. No, I always, and I wonder year. with that
4: too, if that's like every team that happens with, or is it just the Cowboys because of the brand or is there some, you know, Miles Austin, Cole Beasley, you know, that actually they ha they found some guys that were undrafted that. Did you see you
2: know, Turpin was voted? By the players as the all-pro kick returner,
4: yeah, all-pro and Pro Bowl, yeah. I mean, that's by the players, year. but the players also would openly admit to you that they don't watch like, a lot of stuff. Like they know that he had two kickoff returns in the preseason, and for like about a week, that was the biggest story in the NFL during that that preseason. That's and so you, <laughs> that's what so you so you write that down on one side of the paper, and on the other side of the paper go. And during this season, who was the mm-hmm. returner that you really remember across the league? And there's nobody that there's no Devin Hester out there, so you Cor- kind of just Cordarrelle Patterson the kick return, but that's it. Punt return, it's Turpin, yeah. So I can and and so I can see players being like, oh, I got to vote on. Okay, what position? Uh, yeah, Turpin, yeah, that's cool.
3: So, wide, couple wide receiver names, you, you know, gonna can, uh, can get your attention for a minute. Wide receiver yeah. names for, for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the top of my list was Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods would be great. Okay. Um, if he's healthy, um, does not fit your size component, but he's free and I don't think he'll cost much. And he's speed, and I just want to get faster. McCole Hardman. Now, will they use him like Kamonte Turpin, <laughs> which is not at all? And that becomes a problem. But I think McCole Hardman's a little interesting. And I think he did some things uh, outside for Kansas City as well. Granted, that offense is a different monster than what you're talking about here, probably. Um, but Cole Hartman has my interest at 27, still a speed guy, and I just want to get faster.
4: My, my thing is, too, with the smaller receivers, not 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 like him, I mean even smaller than that, is it's still it's interesting to me that Mike McCarthy didn't want to bring back Randall Cobb. You know, he gets the job. He obviously has a lot of experience with Randall. He knows he's mm-hmm. a solid veteran and all that, and I don't know, it just... I, I I don't see him taking over play calling, adding Brian Schottenheimer, and then all of a sudden, like, adding, like, a smaller receiver that's going to be, you know, like, the type of guy that you'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see that guy going into Kansas City's offense and just being all over the place. They use him in a bunch of different ways. I just don't see that happening. Like, I think he wants to move to this West Coast offense where all three receivers are more similar to – and we'll find out more at the combine. I'm, I'm projecting a little bit here, but – Sure. And being around McCarthy over the last few years, talking on and off the record – I think he, I think he would love his receiving core is start his starting trio of receivers to look like it did in green Bay when they won the Super bowl. You know, I mean, all those guys were like six foot six, one and above all had pretty decent size. Uh, you yeah. know, good, pretty good route runners, you know, and when I'm talking about Donald driver, Greg Jennings and, and Jordan Nelson.
3: Yeah. And, and James Jones in the later right, years yeah. too, you, you know, a guy who's kind of always reminded me of James Jones. He's not as big, but from a skill set perspective, is another guy I have on my list here. Darius Slayton. Um, 6'2, 190. Not, again, not your classic separator, but pretty solid player and can win down the field some. Um, you know, it's weird because he's been in with the Giants for all these years, and there that'll, you know, hurt your uh, output a little bit. But I think that's an interesting cheap name that could be there. I actually, had two giants I wrote on my list just because they were in the division. Sterling, you know Richie James is a fast guy who will have a million drops, but he is a speed demon, and I do want the speed. But he is he is your classic can only play inside guy, and he does not match kind of what you know what you might be you know talking about there, John, in terms of size. But Darius Slayton does a little something for me. Again, these are all guys who I don't think any of these guys are going to cost you more than six mil. So yeah, but I mean, what you mentioned earlier, you know, Juju and maybe DJ Chark might be more high end there. And I'm just right. kind of like Odell Beckham might fall in that group in between, right? Of what Chark and Juju can give you, and what, or maybe he he does on a high end, maybe give you what they can give you, and maybe some of these guys like, you know, Darius Slayton or something like that. Um, I love Robert Woods though, and I just I think there's a little more there, and you just were never going to be able to see it in Tennessee. I, I, I did write down a, uh, a tight end name, just one.
4: Okay, real quick before case. that. Um, I also think that they will be trying to get a receiver in free agency that's a little bit higher on the list than a James Washington would have been last year. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, we knew James Washington's name, but even they didn't expect him to be – uh, you know, some number two or anything like that. They were they were adding depth to the roster and they but they thought he was gonna contribute more than he did, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I, I would expect them to be uh willing to spend a little bit more in, in that area uh than the James Washington, but to your point, I they won't be they won't be competing with any of the top guys in free agency, competing with other teams to try and sign any of these guys. It'll have to be someone that's willing to take a little bit less to play for the Cowboys. And while that might seem unlikely, you just never know.
1: Yeah, I also think that when you're talking about the structure of the receiver core, like in your top three, you have to it has to be made up of only ones and twos. Like, like you know, when you go back and look at what the Cowboys had with Amari, Seedy, and and uh, Gallup, now you had two ones and one two. Whether you have one one and two twos or two 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 ones and one two, like whatever the case is, if Gallup is "quote unquote" a two and he slips to a two point five or a three, that's fine. But you have to have another two. You can't have this straight pecking order of this is our number one, our number two, and our number three. Uh, I, I, I think if you have that, then you, you don't have like a, a healthy stable of a, a good wide receiver core.
4: Yeah, and it's also – and I agree with you on that point. I just will add that you also got to have more talent there because they were pretty fortunate last year that they never lost CD. Like CD was healthy the whole season – if you took him off that team, you thought the receiver core was bad last year, take C.D. Lamb away from that mix. And then you got, you're going Gallup, Noah Brown, and and then towards the end of the year it would have been T.Y. Hilton. But like, I mean, it just, it's really bad. So it just seems painfully obvious that you need to add somebody. And I'm just so much more interested in somebody that's already played in the NFL than I am in adding uh, a rookie at 26 that might slip to you that you think is going to be the next C.D. Lamb. I just... It's possible. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just, I'm just not in love with this receiver class at of of the guys that could be there at 26.
3: Uh, just quickly spend a minute on time uh, tight end. Um, I mean we we're assuming Schultz is not going to be here, right? Yeah. Or am I yeah. am I jumping jumping the gun on that?
4: No. Are we? I don't know how you could afford to give. Tony Pollard, the franchise tag, and add a receiver like we're talking about right now, and then still have the money for Dalton Schultz. I just don't, if yeah. that's possible, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sitting here, you know, uh, talking about how like they they should get rid of Dalton Schultz. It's time to move on. No, Dalton Schultz is one of their mes- most productive players. It just, you know, it comes to the time where, okay, where are you going to give this money to? And yeah. when you give out that money, you also got to find, okay, who's going to be the easiest to replace? They don't have anybody that replaces Tony Pollard. And I'm not sitting here saying Ferguson and shot and I'm drafting another guy is going to be as good as Dalton Schultz was last year. But that at least seems like something that's realistic. I mean, you you get rid of Pollard and, and and Zeke, and you got Malik Davis and somebody that you draft in the second or third round. Like that sounds terrible.
1: Yeah, you can go get Jeff Swaim yeah, quick, now. Jeff Swain
4: I mean, and Ooh, and no I will say, say not of. the worst idea. Yeah. I will say the other thing that factors into that with me is that. You know, just in talking to Dane, I mean, he talks about how deep this tight end class is in the draft, and I think that factors in too. If obviously every year certain positions are deeper than others, and this is from what he says is a good tight end year, and so if you're the Cowboys, that makes sense to, Yeah, hey, we'll have some growing pains in year two with Ferguson and Hendershot, and but we'll bring back McCune, and we'll. We'll draft a guy yeah. and maybe maybe the fourth round again, just like they did with Schultz, just like they did with Ferguson, Ferguson. And you get a guy that hey, maybe helps out a little bit right now, but he's also a guy that, hey, in two, three years, he's your next Schultz. So um, that seems more realistic to me than, hey, don't get me wrong. If the draft came before and at 26, B. John Robinson was there and they're like, no, man, we're going to draft B. John Robinson. We're going to run him like like we ran Zeke in 2016. We're going to put everything on him, whatever. I can understand that. But you don't know that he's even going to be there at 26 because you are you have to take care of a lot of these decisions well before you're even on the clock at 26. Yeah.
3: And the other thing I'd say at it tight end, you're looking for not what could replace Dalton Schultz in one year. It's what would replace right. him over the contract that you would give him. And I think Ferguson and the combination of Ferguson and Hendershot could get there. Um, now, if you end up drafting someone that's better than that, cool. My free agent name that I wrote down, I always like to write down names just of guys who they liked you know, during their preparation for the draft from years ago. Irv Smith of the Vikings has been basically pushed out because they traded for TJ Hawkinson. Irv Smith is a guy they did like a little bit back in college. I'm just like, man, that would cost you about a million bucks or $2 million to get Irv Smith in here to be your tight end, too. I want to start Ferguson. I want to you know, kind of do with Ferguson what you did with Schultz let him go and kind of take over. Um, That's just me. I I wrote another name down. um, Is Is it a tight end? No, i am done at tight end. Okay, one more
4: on the tight end real quick. I do really like Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, and Mm. I would consider him at 26 if he fell that far. I know Cowboys fans probably wouldn't love that, but, I mean, he is your absolute, like, complete tight end. The idea of having him on uh, a first-round pick – you know, fifth year option, five years of of Michael Mayer. Knowing you're going to get a really good blocker in the run game and a really productive, sure-handed receiver, I I would I would be very interested in that. Um, but I know a lot of people probably wouldn't because of the position. But he is he is one guy for sure. I'm I'm a big fan of there. But yeah, you can go defensive if you want.
3: Yeah, you know, the only way that would bother me is if that you were wiped out at what you're maybe looking for at cornerback. Just because I see cornerback. You say is a that, but let me problem, just hold on. Let me just in. give you.
4: Let me just give you a good example, though, when, I, when we talk about corner. Um, and when I said, like, yeah, I think there could be several guys there at 26. I mean, it's not like you got to dig back to leather football days, leather football helmet days. Like, I mean, literally, that, what we're talking about right now is, is the C D Lamb draft. They yeah. thought they needed to take Trayvon Diggs there, and they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round. Like I know everybody thinks that every player that you like and every player that fell to you in your PFF mock draft you think is all going to go super high, and that's exactly how it's going to go. And that's not necessarily. There's always guys that that fall in these drafts. So if they think the corner class is really deep, and they're like the guys that are left at 26, we might be able to get this guy uh, in the second round. Maybe we have to move up a little bit in the second round, but we can get him in the second one of these guys in the second round. You can't completely take that off the board as a possibility, you know.
3: Yeah, and it's like if they like, um, um, uh, how much do they like the other tight ends? You know, Kincaid and
4: right. That, that's uh, a good point too. Yeah, for sure.
3: Shoemaker and all those other yeah. tight ends, and there's plenty of more because it's a deep tight end class as well. For sure. And maybe you start sure. kind of weighing where you go there. Yeah. Um, done with tight end. You know, good. Uh, oh yeah. To flip it over to defense real quick. let it go. I mean, Bobby Wagner just left the Rams, so I mean it's. I don't know how much money Bobby Wagner's looking for, but if you wanted to play that game and see how much he costs, um, he is ring-chasing. Um, he's pretty open about wanting to play for a contender. I'm like, I mean, I could see him ending up in San Francisco or something, but Bobby Wagner here would be great, I think. that has been talked about a lot, but um, I, I would love for them to bring Van Esch back just to fill it for one more year, and then that's probably it. But I can't see Van Der Esch costing more than $4 million. Um, you, I just you wonder what to, his
4: injury, injury history, what his market will even be, you yeah, know, from right? other teams. And and when I say that, not necessarily medical, the annual, the annual amount, it's the number of years, like who's really going out there and going, no, we're going to give him three or four years. Like, I mean, there could be a team. You, no. I mean, it only takes one. You never know. But with his medical history, I wonder about that. Me personally, I'm not seeing the Cowboys look at it this way. I guess maybe they do, but, um there's a lot of similarities with me on defense with linebacker, the way I feel about running back. Like I want good Same. linebackers. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not trying to break the bank and pay for, you know, especially when I know that I, I'm going to have to sit here and pay Micah Parsons to be the highest paid defensive player of all time. Uh, I'm going to have to pay uh, Trayvon Diggs. I still got to pay CD lamb. Like I'm not trying to, to and, and I just wonder what Bobby Wagner is looking for. And if he's so, I mean, he still looked good last year. So if he's commanding uh pretty solid linebacker money I'd rather be like we're gonna go with Damone Clark try and bring back Leighton Vanderish on something more uh manageable and then uh draft another linebacker and see what you have in Jabril Cox now that he'll be a full second year removed from from his knee injury than I would be And, and I mean hey he's got a good relationship Wagner with with Dan Quinn if they can work something out Man, that's a great move. I think he'd be great for the defense. I just, he's one of the first guys that we've talked about on this entire show where I'm just like, woof, I think that number might be too high. But hey, like you said, if, if, you know, you said he's ring chasing and all that, if he thinks that he's a missing piece here and love, wanted to play with Dan again, maybe he'll be willing to take a little bit less. I'd be all in on that.
3: Yeah, so I mean, played all seventeen games last year, but yeah, you're right, all that type of thing. And what you said about Vander, Escher, I should think you said like no team is going to look at those medicals and go, well, this seems like a good investment. <laughs> so, I think that's all that all makes a lot of sense. Um, the defensive linemen that I wrote down, there's a lot, but a lot of the defensive linemen might catch your eye or be on your radar. The Deron Payne's of the world, yes, sir. Those are going to price you out. And know mentioned Deron Payne. <laughs> Taven Bryan is a guy who is in Cleveland and is free, and that is a guy who they liked. Now, that was even, if I'm going back too far, then it might have been before Dan Quinn was here. But I'm just thinking back all those years, the Cowboys' uh, 30-man prospect list and guys that they had brought to the star and things like that, and Taven Bryan is a guy who came to mind. Now, a little different here was Dan Quinn probably, but just a name that I saw that would be cheap, most likely a guy who's under 30. The guy's got some good football left in him. You know, those defensive tackles are a little tough. They've got a lot of defensive tackles. If they wanted to bring back Hankins, I would love that. I think that would be fine. Um, But there's – you know, these guys are going to be super expensive there at DT. So, I think you get to corner. I mean, you can start looking around at corner. There's a lot of names you can look at. I don't know that anybody – just jumps out like, Oh, I would love to bring them in here at cornerback. I'm not dying to bring Eli Apple in here. I'm not dying to bring James Bradbury in here. And I think those guys are cost, cost too much too. Um, I, I am dying to draft a guy in the first two rounds at For cornerback sure. and hit that. I really want to do that. Uh, Cause that's a position I'm worried about. I'm really worried about that. I don't know that Anthony Brown is able to recover. I don't even know that Jordan Lewis is able to recover. I hope he is, but I don't, I don't know. So, and there's really no other person that you can kind of lean on out there right now. Calvin Joseph. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, um, yeah, I mean, maybe play Mukwamu a little bit more corner than than safety. Yeah. I, I just I feel like they're gonna find a way. Just the way talking to J-Ron Curse towards the end of the season in his locker, like how he talked about Mukwamu, the way that he's viewed in that safety room. Um, and then just you saw him playing a little bit more when obviously it was the big part, not cutting part of the season. I could see them working, finding ways to get him out there a little bit more. I also think as opposed, like, you know, some of the Eli Apple, and those names that you said there, they wanted to just add a veteran like that. I think they would just try and re-sign Anthony Brown. I mean, he's coming off the Achilles injury. It's not like he's going to have a huge market. He might just be looking to sign a one-year deal type thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just to be healthy and whatnot. And uh, yeah, maybe he's not all the way back early in the year, but obviously he's a veteran that knows the system that you count on. If they're going the veteran route, I would just be trying to bring back Anthony Brown, um, and then, like you said, I mean, drafting one, first, second, third round, because, I mean, I the idea of taking one at 26, because, like I said, I think that's the most likely uh, position that they would take at 26. Then you have, let's say, you know, you have that, like, the Ringo kid from, from Georgia, who I like. I like mainly because, well, one, he's at, coming from Georgia, who's playing against all the top SEC schools, and then, two, the fact that I just love the 6'2", long corner, because I know they love that, and just the idea of having, like, a guy like that Trayvon Diggs and Jerron Bland, all three of those together for your next five, six, seven, eight years. That sounds. I mean, I don't know how you can get anything better than that.
3: So, uh, just talking to my radio partner Jeff Cavanaugh, this morning uh, on ninety-seven, with the freak, and he doesn't love Ringo after watching him. Because Jeff's kind of real quick through? on
4: that? Real, real quick on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a corner. It's a cornerback at, at twenty-six. Yeah, insert insert name. Space, yeah. insert next name of someone that didn't like something about them. Mm-hmm. Insert Tyler Smith. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, I understand, no, no I understand. there's always gonna be people that don't like something about all these guys. That's why they're also a corner at twenty six and not going where uh let's say uh oh what's my man? JC Horn or not Patrick Sertan. Sertan did, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, go on. Yeah. Well
3: what Jeff was talking about was more more about the like how the size does match up there. The guy that he liked in that same area of the draft is Deontay Banks of Maryland. Sure. Yeah. Who is six foot, and you know, it's a couple inches shorter, but um this is yeah. kind of a guy that he liked. Uh, yeah. we'll probably get no, and on that's, the and podcast. And to that's a guy that's things.
4: right in that in that area too that you know most mock drafts are saying will probably be somewhere in you know mid twenties to you know uh, late first round, early second round. So yeah, no, I mean any of those guys, I just think that they've made it pretty clear if you're not at least six foot, they're not taking you In the first round, the Cowboys just, there's no way they're not going to do that. If they're not going to take, I mean, there's no better example. And again, like, you know, I'm not trying to dig back to what went on during like the Jason Garrett era or the Wade Phillips era. You just go back to the fact of, did we lose KT? No, I'm here. Okay. Sorry. It could be my computer. My bad. If you're going to take Kelvin Joseph um, in, in, in the spot that they did, because they clearly, you know, liked his size, you know. That, that's fine, but it's just very clear at that time, and it's very clear now that Asante Samuel Jr. is the better player.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always wonder how much they even liked Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, right. You know, yeah, it's going safety, to. But again, smaller guy. I think a lot of people like Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois, who's also six foot, but he's like 180. Like Ringo and Banks are 200 plus. And Witherspoon plays like he's 200 plus, but he's a little lighter. And I don't know how much that's ever meant to to Dan Quinn. Um, but that, that's, that's something interesting to watch for. Just going through free agents, I was just kind of like, I don't see a cornerback here that blows my doors down of like someone that you would be like, oh, got to go get him. Because most cornerbacks, by the way, they're not free agents. Um, so like they get locked up. If they're good enough, they stay on their team. Uh, I just really don't want to pay enough.
4: anything on defense unless it's a defensive tackle, to be honest with you. I, agree. I think they're, I think they're good at safety. There are, there are going to be tying a lot of money in the corner when they pay Trayvon Diggs. I already told you, how I feel about linebacker. Um, you know, I think that they will be in pretty good shape at edge rusher, you know, with Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong. I think you'll get an, at least one more year out of Demarcus Lawrence, maybe draft a, another edge rusher in second or third, fourth round somewhere in there. You can never have enough there, but, uh, D tackle is the only place where if they went out and they were like, no, we really need to, you know, stabilize the Miller's defense and they were willing to spend some money there. I could understand. Other than that, I'm not trying to spend on no corner.
3: Let's let's go bold predictions here. Free agency bold predictions. We'll start with uh Son, you want to go first?
1: All right, I'll go first. Um Say something really wild, Sad.
3: Yeah, really <laughs> get everyone on the edge.
1: I mean that that's the point. I think I think bold predictions aren't necessarily are supposed to come true. So I'm gonna say for me the my bold prediction and it's uh I'm gonna say Cooper Rush ends up in Los Angeles and I believe the Dallas Cowboys will have Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Dak Prescott next next season.
3: That is bold. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, You're gonna Rush, be Chase Daniel there.
4: Him him leaving LA and coming here. I just think they I like I just think they like Will Greer too much, and I just feel like they really want to draft a quarterback. And so I'm just dead set on that. The quarterback room going into training camp is gonna be Dak, Will Greer, and then some guy that they take like, like Max Duggan or something in like the sixth round or something, or fifth they, round.
3: They draft another guy that knew McCarthy's brother. <laughs> Kinda of let him. I oh yeah, played basketball. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, I don't have anything that bold <laughs> side. That would be that would be wild. Um, you didn't hear mine? Okay. Yeah, go. I had it by the way. I had a dream that Cooper Rush was demanding forty million dollars. What a weird dream. Um, Lamar Jackson is an Atlanta Falcon. Just have a little fun. Just have a little oh, fun. Uh, There's my Cowboys okay. bold pre- uh, free agency prediction. Lamar Jackson, they're done with him in Baltimore, it seems. Maybe they've slapped the franchise tag on him. You know, it might be the the smart play. I got this feeling that he ends up in Atlanta for some reason. Or or Tampa Bay. You know what? I'll broaden it up. Lamar Jackson ends up in the NFC South. Okay. Interesting. What's your Cowboys my, bold prediction? my bold Cowboys free agency prediction.
4: That 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 definitely impacts the Cowboys. That was
3: that was a strong take there. Um, uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't the, here's the thing about free bold predictions for the Cowboys. They don't do anything bold in free agency. Right. They're the opposite of A one bold and spicy in free agency. They're no, like not according more, to
2: Jerry. Jerry's a risk taker.
3: All he, he does is,
2: is take risks, KT.
3: They have Heinz fifty-seven steak sauce, not even A one. I don't know if that makes sense. But A one had a bold and spicy thing.
4: Mine would mine would be that they they make a trade. That's not even that they sign. They make a trade for a Whoa. wide receiver. Um, it would that T. I think that yeah. I mean yeah, somebody. I mean I don't know that how many people thought at that at this time last year that they – the Eagles would trade for AJ Brown. I mean, I'm sure that there was some rumblings about it, but that's the thing about the Cowboys. Generally, when there's a big move like that, you don't hear about it beforehand. It just kind of happens, you know. I mean, that's how Amari Cooper went down. I mean, it really you got to go back to almost like Brandon them signing signing Brandon Carr in free agency to where there was like really, oh yeah, no, there's a lot of talk about this. We know that this is about to happen, or or even around that time, I remember there's a lot of talk about them trying to make a move to get Namdi Asma. Um, <laughs> but they're really with the with the Cowboys. Generally, when they make some type of a you know, trading for Michael Bennett or signing Greg Hardy or, um, let me think, who was the one that, I uh, can't believe I just forgot his name. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Alden Smith, you know, uh, after McCarty wow, took the yeah. job. Like, they're just not really stuff that you knew before and you're like, whoa, that's interesting, you know. So, you know, I think that, I think Odell Beckham is a real possibility But if I was going to go with something bold, I would say that they, that they end up trading for a wide receiver, but that probably wouldn't be in free agency. It probably would be during the draft. I also don't think they would trade this year's first round pick for a wide receiver. Maybe it would be next year's. Um, but, uh, that would probably be the, as bold as I would go. But like, like you said, KT, I don't expect that to happen because Mm -hmm. they've really shown us not much. I mean, look at the Amari Cooper that that, had to go into the season before they were, I mean, look at how bad the receiving core was. Then they had to go into the season, uh, before they made that deal. That wasn't, I mean, we knew that in the off season, Hey, you're probably going to need more uh, than just what you got right here. And so they're not really a team that is really, when it comes to bold moves, they just really haven't made any in a long time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that was Amari,
4: even a bold move. It was a necessity. It had to be done. That season was was, over. If you didn't do that.
3: I get, I guess you could say bold because it was a first rounder, but,
4: Sure. You're still stretching it. It's a late first rounder and it's for a guy that let's be honest when that happened. And I still don't have any regrets about, or I wouldn't have any regrets if I was in the organization about that because it, it it puts you in position to be a contender, even though, yeah. Okay. They didn't make a run, but he was a good player and he was a good player before that. And he's still a good player now. So when they did that deal, you're you're talking about a top 10 receiver in the league early, still young in his career. uh, Didn't cost you a ton. And you gave up, Whatever a late late first round pick who isn't even on that team anymore. So uh, yeah, if you could do something like that again, man, that would make total sense to me.
3: So what's your bold move?
4: It'd be that they make a trade. But I mean, I guess do you trade. think them yes. signing Sorry, yes. you think them signing Odell Beckham is a bold move? Like I think that that's a possibility.
2: That was mine. I would say it's. I think not. I think
4: that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. I don't know how For the Cowboys, I mean Sads is Sads is a real bold bold prediction you know what i'm saying like that would be that would be like whoa if they signed odell beckham i don't think i mean yeah nationally it would be the number one story on most sports talk tv shows and radio shows of course but like to us i don't know if like that is really that big of a surprise i think a bigger surprise would be that they traded for like you said t higgins mike evans deandre hopkins where you're just like you do something like that and everyone's like Oh, Whoa. shit. The Cowboys are trying to do what these teams did the last three years in the NFC. Like, be the clear team that, hey, we're going after it this year. That's another reason why I'd be interested in that move as well is because, and hey, I don't know what those teams are asking for those guys. So I'm only speaking from stupid sport sports writer land over here. But, man, you would make a move like that. You send a message to the rest of the league. No, no, no. We're going after it. Like, we think we got a real chance to win this whole thing. We're not just setting up for another 12-win divisional round season. We're making a run. We're trying to get to it. We, we think we got a chance to go to the Super Bowl.
3: Um. All right. Well, it's combine stuff. Quick, quick hit combine stuff uh, for next week.
4: Yeah, the one thing I was just going to point out, like the number one thing to me is really this is our first time to be around McCarthy for an extended period of time where he's going to talk about what his idea is with this offense. Talk to us about why he thought Brian Schottenheimer was the right guy. Maybe get a little bit more information about how I was talking to you about the wide receivers. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe he is willing to go at a, like I said, a Randall Cobb type guy that obviously had success with him. I just have not gotten the sense that that's ultimately what he wants. So. Um, that, to me, is tops of my list. But obviously, there'll be things about Zeke, uh, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard. You know, a guy that we haven't talked about on here was was Tyron Smith. You know, Jerry says he wants him back. Obviously, they're not going to bring him back on the current money he's making right now. But he makes a lot of sense to bring back. He looked decent at right tackle when they needed him at the end of the year. Terrence Steele might not be ready at the beginning of the year because of his knee injury that, he, that he's coming off of. So, you know, some of those things like that, it just, this is a time to kind of be around you know, not only agents, but Jerry, Steven, Mike McCarthy. There's just a lot of stuff that you can get that'll get you a better understanding of what direction they plan on going. Cause let's be honest, they can't just sit there and say like, Oh no, we're just going to run this back. Like something, there has to be some type of moves that happen. Uh, So I think that's the biggest thing, but certainly the offensive side of the ball, it to me is the one that has all the questions because as soon as Dan Quinn said he was coming back, you knew the defense was in good shape, but now you have all these changes on offense you know what's the plan there? We haven't talked to McCarthy about that. You know we don't we don't know any of that stuff. The plan with Marty, I mean Marty, with Brian Schottenheimer and those mm-hmm. guys, we don't we don't know what that is.
3: Yeah, no, very interesting. You know, a lot of stuff that could happen there, and it's uh, it's this good because McCarthy, you know, doesn't love I uh, think talking about all that stuff. Uh, it's definitely not his favorite part of the job. <laughs> um, no, not a lot of coaches' favorite part of the job. But um, but Jerry I really does. Do wanna, I do want to. I do want to hear him <laughs> like. Yeah, because it's been like since he's been here, it's almost been like, well, Kellen's got the offense, you know, and it's like nine more. It's very. Clear oh, it's, it's all on him now. Yeah, <laughs> it's on him now. And that's it's good. I mean, it's 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 good. I don't know if it's the right decision. I really don't. But
4: I think you and I wanted to see this from day one, to be honest with you. From I think when just he was to hired. see how
3: it would work. Yeah, well, not only just I how do. it would work,
4: but like to take take hold of a part of the team where you're just like, OK, well, this is on this is on him. If this doesn't work out, you know, I yeah. mean. I mean, hey, I still think I think Kellen Moore is a good is, is a great offensive mind. I think he's going to have a ton of success 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 in um, what are you saying in, here? There's a lot of things. It, been- <laughs> I think he's going to have a ton of success in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert. Um, and and that might be a big topic on this show if he does have a lot of success there. Like uh, what if Justin Herbert wins MVP? Like what if he just has this yeah. monster year? I mean, and it's totally possible, but we're going to really know after this year where Mike McCarthy stands because anything goes wrong on the offense, he's going to be the one that everyone's looking at.
3: Weirdly, it might not be that different than what we had with Garrett. When the guy comes in, he doesn't have full control of things, you know? Yeah. Um, now he but does. It's back, right? But it's
4: backwards. It's backwards though, because when it's Jason backwards. took over, he did have the, yeah. you know, the, the say, and he did have the, you know he was the one calling plays, and that changed quickly. It went to Bill Callahan, and then Scott Linehan, Kellen Moore. Yeah, so. I'm
3: fascinated. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing him talk about it. Hearing everyone else, what day you fly out, John?
4: Uh, early Monday morning.
3: Always fun at Combine Week. I love going to the Combine. Good times. Well, Ken will be out there as well. So um, I guess we'll reconnect sometime later next week, live from the Combine. And yes, sir. Uh, we'll have some stuff there, maybe after everyone talks and all that stuff. So we'll look forward to that. For Saad Youssef, who's covering those Dallas Stars who need to snap out of it. Right? <laughs> Let's go. Stop messing around. Um actually, I haven't yelled in so long with this laryngitis. I'm trying to just kinda of test it, see what I got. Keep in mind. Oh, I, I Rangers- think that's what
4: they needed. What you said right there is exactly <laughs> what they needed. I yeah. I expect them to go to the Stanley Cup now.
3: I think they're about to go on a run. Um, This is like lost like five in a row. It's weird. Um, Ranger Spring Training fires up uh, tomorrow as we record this on Thursday evening. So follow Levi with all that good stuff. Bob and John, of course, cranking up the Cowboys content. As always, Tim Cato's got your Dallas Mavs. Second half of the season starts tonight. So keep it locked into the athletic. And, of course, About Them Cowboys, we will return next week. For Saad, for John Machoda, for Kent Garrison, I'm KT. See you next week on About Them Cowboys.
2: Anybody that thinks I won't take a chance has
0: misread the tea leaves.